Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast with that hardworking man from the Star Tribune, Mark Craig. Mark Craig is out at TCO this weekend. Vikings training camp is back. It's back on the air. And Mark, I'm I'm sure you're just excited as all as a a pig in poop to be back out at uh, TCO, huh? Yeah, it's a modern modern training camp, Joe. It's something else. It, Two guys almost touched each other yesterday during a drill. They almost they, they they came within a brush of like touching each other. They got these gigantic and last year they had the white hats that went on top of the head that were kind of like for the safety reasons. Now they got the white gigantic it look it's like uh if you're watch the Flintstones kazoo, you know, you got that yeah. if they could paint it green, it would be perfect. Uh, but you don't probably don't want green over here, right, Joe? So, no. But it goes on top of the helmet now. It's huge. That's our first uh, uh, reference to how old we are. Flintstones and the Great Kazoo. So there we so, go. So yeah. So so yeah. It's um, nobody. Nobody was in. Nobody was harmed in the filming or watching of practice yesterday. There's no pads too. So that's good very 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 easing into it. Absolutely no. No uh, sarcasm in that response there. That's good. A little tease. We'll talk a little bit more about camp in the next segment. But first, we got to hit hit the headline. Justin Jefferson, the biggest, the greatest Viking ever to play. Everybody in the world thinks JJ is the greatest, including Mark Craig. He thinks he's pretty. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Better than that. Uh, what was that one guy? Eighty four. I forget yeah. his name. See, I'm still holding out for him. Uh, but uh, as as the greatest, but uh, you know JJ's great and he are very good, and I just need him to prove it. So, but he came out and talked, and he had a few interesting things to say. He thinks he's pretty good. Apparently, Chris Thomason from the St. Paul Pioneer Press uh, asked him about uh, asked him something and and talking about Cooper Cup and you know because we got KOC from the Rams coaching Jefferson now, and uh, according to Thomason. Uh, Jefferson said Cooper is, is good, but I'll say he's behind me. So, uh, so I, apparently, uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, has, has been reading his clips. Yeah, they're both, uh, I voted all pro for both of them. So, uh, I mean, I, if you want to, I mean, the, the effort, the, the nonstop, like trying to make this an individual sport, you know, like tennis or golf or something yeah. is, you know, I mean, Cooper Cup played on a team that was better than the Vikings, had better numbers. Um, I guess if you're drafting, if I was drafting them, I would probably I would take uh, Jefferson first. Uh, but I mean, I <laughs> Cooper Cup, I uh, had uh, the, the the triple crown. That's uh, Jerry Rice material last year, but also had a better team around him. So I don't know. It's uh, to me, it's that's great. I've I've never made I've never met a great receiver or a probably a, even a bad receiver who has ever said that someone else is better than him. Now, uh, Justin Jefferson did have a press conference yesterday where he said he's not the best receiver in football. So uh, maybe that's big. That's a bigger headline. He said he's not the best receiver in football. Yet. Who is? So, I don't know. I, it's, does it, it's, it's all blah, 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 blah. Yeah, which is really remarkable. Is. So, yeah. So I shouldn't say that. It's very important stuff, Joe. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, it, it, it gets people talking in, on Twitter and, and you and me and everybody else. I, um, I wouldn't call him the best receiver in football yet. I don't know who is. I mean, you know, Devontae Adams was pretty good last year, but his his uh, 
fortunes might change a little bit this year being in a new place in, in LA or uh, Las Vegas and uh, with a different quarterback, but uh, uh, you know, Cooper cups got a super bowl ring and he was pretty darn good last year. And I drafted him and he got me to the finals. Didn't get a ring cause I'm from Minnesota, but uh, um I don't know. I, you know, it, it's all, it is all blah, 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 Mark. You're right. I mean, it's all conjecture and whatever until you go out and get between the lines and start, start playing football. But uh, you know, that's, that's what's all. Yeah, I mean, you take it to the highest level. I mean, uh, Randy has popped off a couple of times over the years that, you know, I mean, really in football, in football circles, it's considered, you know, Jerry Rice is the gold standard. It might be the best player ever, uh, you know, best receiver ever. Um, you know, there's not not there's no one around that's, that watched Don Hudson, who dominated the NFL at the beginning. You know, the 30s and 40s. I don't. Th- you weren't even watching the, the Packers at that point. You there know, we I go. Think, uh, but but you know, it's like you, you kind of move along. Well, Jerry Rice had done some things that put some numbers out there that I, I won't say will never be broken now because you know that we're going to see seven. We saw 17 games now. You're going to see 18 games. You're going to see the elimination, the further elimination of defense in the league. And so, that, you know, those numbers could go away eventually. Uh, you're probably going to see, you know, just well, what the NFL will look like in 15 years. Who knows? Could be 20 games. Could be 24 games. We don't know. Uh, but uh, to me, it's like like Randy has said, he's the best receiver, not Jerry Rice. And he said that a couple times. And, you know, I mean, Randy Randy can say that. Randy can't, is, is enough. If he's not at the top, he's, he's close enough where you could say, yeah, He's got a, an argument. He could be the best receiver just because of, you know, I, I've never seen that. Like Justin Jefferson, I, I, I is an outstanding receiver, an all-pro receiver, um, but I, I wouldn't put him at, you know, at Randy's level. Um, so, you know, to me, it's fun to talk about all this stuff and everything. But, like, yeah, you mentioned Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, to me, I think was the best receiver in football last year. But, obviously – how much of that is, is Aaron Rodgers? A big part of that is Aaron Rodgers, but also Devontae Adams, if you watch him, his experience, the way he releases, and just he has a certain thing that he things that he does that you know, Justin Jefferson is close, but I mean Justin Jefferson is still younger. He's still learning the, the game and uh, at the NFL level. But even saying that, look what he's done. I mean, everyone says, Oh, he was stuck in a run offense uh, for two years. Well, he had his numbers were greater than I think Good anybody point. through through two years. So it's like, what, what was, what was the problem? You know, it's like, I don't, I still think that, that Dalvin Cook's got to be a part of this offense. That's me. That's the, the old guy in me saying that. But this team is not going to line up and throw the ball sixty times a game and and be able to do it. Not with Kirk Cousins. Not with the offensive line. It's got to be balanced. You know, maybe not Zimmer type balance, but it's got to be balanced. Yeah, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with it this year if it if if what Jefferson says has been kind of intimating through the offseason that it's now a pass first offense rather than the run centric one that Zimmer went uh, that should bode well for uh Jefferson on paper but then you're going to have people focusing on him more in fact his past two seasons are going to focus on him more and they and they're going to let that old guy there's old reference number 4 Adam Thielen uh uh, you know, maybe run a little bit freer and Irv Smith come out of uh, off the injury list and do something. I, I don't know. It, it I, I don't know 
you know, I, I guess what Chris Thompson asked him was if he's going to get 2,000 yards this season. Do you think that's a possibility for uh, for Jefferson? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think of what he would say. No, no, nope, got no shot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, talking about yourself as a receiver comes with the territory, doesn't yes. it? Yes, well, and like with Adrian, you know, we'd always say, do you think that, you know, <laughs> 300 yards is possible, which it was. He had 297 in a game. Uh, do you think that, uh, you know, you could throw any number out there. Do you think you could rush for 50,000 yards in your career? Yes, 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 yes. So, yeah, um, yeah, there's a confidence level um, that I like with the guy. But, you know, the, the thing with, with Jefferson that I like the most is just the fact that, you know, he looks so polished. He is, even as a, coming in as a rookie, his skill level was so, like, you know, polished and his ability, as as Chile used to say, the First, the first job is of a receiver is to receive. Now there was a guy that was drafted higher than Jeff, or I believe it, yeah, Jefferson. That Troy Williamson couldn't catch a ball. You know, yeah. didn't have the hand-eye coordination to catch a football uh, at the NFL level. Uh, but he Justin Jefferson, yeah, yeah, uh, he could blow the top off the defense, as they said when they drafted him in in 2005. But uh, you know, in order to do that, you have to the ball has to arrive or near you, and you have to be able to catch it not have it bounce off your face mask mm. um, as we saw a couple of times. Uh, but, you know, Jefferson was just able to, you know, uh, catch, catch in traffic and just very smooth and, uh, and, and Thielen as well. Thielen is just, uh, you know, he's still got some time left in, in him and he, his ability to catch, catch footballs in traffic with arms and legs all over the place is impressive as well. You know, it, it, it it's, you're just reminding me of something talking about how you got to have confidence in yourself. I might have told this story on here before, but when I worked for the Timberwolves, I went traveled with them to Toronto for the first time. The team went to Canada and I tried to get any one of the members of the team to go into the hockey hall of fame with me. And just so I could, you know, put it in my story and, and none of them want to go. In fact, I'm on the elevator with J.R. Ryder and I says, yeah, come on, you got to go over to the hockey hall of fame. He looks at me and says, hell, I'm going to be in that hall of fame. Which you got to have confidence at that level, but uh, um, you know, it's it's exciting. I, I think we're just tapping, you know, what the possibilities are for Jefferson. You know, w- with a new offense and with with a quarterback that uh, uh, is is happy and hopefully has more time back there with a new line and and uh, maybe a Dalvin Cook that is not. You overused and and maybe beaten down a little bit and I don't know I I I don't see him having a hugely greater year but I I see uh, as a result of these changes uh, a, a better year for the Vikings as a whole which is ultimately the goal as far as I'm concerned I don't care well just yeah. unless he's on my fantasy team I guess but and uh, and Jefferson did spend a portion of this press conference yesterday talking about that now you know these guys. You know, they, they get experienced that when it comes to press conferences, they learn what to say, what not to say. They're prepped on what to say, what not to say, um, especially when it's in front of a podium like that. But he did say, you know, hey, coming from LSU, winning a championship, you know, he he wants to win first. Um, and I believe that because, you know, uh, if, if you're a receiver on a bad team that's uh, playing catch up, you're going to get your numbers. Um, but like, you know, Calvin Johnson set the record, and if you go back and look at what their record was that year, you know, he set the record for re- receiving yards in a season. You know, 
I, I guarantee you that Calvin Johnson would have given up 600 of those 1,900 yards to make the playoffs, to, to, yeah. to be relevant as a team. Uh, and I think that's what Jefferson – and I truly I believe that's sincere because, you know, if he gets 2,000 yards and it's because they lost every game 45-38, and, you know, their six wins – have a hard time believing that he's going to think that that was a great year. He he won't think that until, uh, I mean, he might think that this year because he's going, he's going to get a new contract and, and those will come in, come in handy. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's a decent kind of guy who wants to win and, and do the right things to, to help his team win. And, and if he recognizes that, what you, you know, what you just said it, I don't think he'd be happy. I mean, he apparently said yesterday in his press conference, I saw someone I was having trouble finding it later was that he does. I don't know if it was sarcastic or what. I didn't see it, but he goes, yeah, I'm not that, not that big a fan of money or something like that. And I, I think that's code for get the Brinks truck and, and bring it into TCU. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's code for if he takes care of the one, if he takes care of the football side, the business side will follow him. So he doesn't need to be saying, you know, I got to be the highest paid receiver because if it, if he keeps trending the way he's trending, it follows because, you know, we're, we've seen this off season, we saw, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Devonte Adams and Tyree kill, you know, guys in their late twenties, you know, getting over 24, 25, $26 million a year average. Um, you know, you just draft day, you saw trades and, and guys getting extra money and, so that position is now, you know, getting up almost into quarterback territory. Um, quarterback territory will probably keep going higher and higher. But, you know, that's a that's the number two position getting paid. And he's going to hit it at the right time. And if he stays healthy, that's number one. Uh, number, mark that. Number one, yep. stay healthy. Yep. Um, and then, you know, it just keeps being who he is. And then the offense is, you know takes advantage of its talent. The offensive line just takes another step forward. He'll get his money. So, yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. Uh, uh, he's not going to give them – they're not going to be able to go to him and say, hey, you know, remember when you said you didn't like money? How about $10 million a year? Uh, you know, give us a – cut us a break, you know. You don't like money. And then he'll say, no, I think I'd rather have $30 million a year. So <laughs> let's put it that way. Mark, can you know? Can the league sustain this? I mean, you, you just mapped it out. You got the quarterbacks that are just—it just keeps getting bigger and bigger ever since Kirk Cousins signed his guaranteed contract, even before that. But that was huge, and then everything's moved on from there. And now it's happening with receivers. I mean, you know, some of these receivers that in this offseason and even the one have just gotten huge contracts. I think Tyreek Hill got a huge one, or has a huge one down in Miami. Uh, Jamar Chase is eventually going to get some great money. Uh, you know, I think Cooper Cup signed for a for a for a big. It, it's can the league sustain having two uh, positions like this? In fact, maybe you you can't do it with both of your receivers. So two players on your team getting this much money and still you know keep everybody happy. I mean, is this just well, sure, like, I, sure be, because you know the networks keep paying more and more money for it. The NFL. You know the pie that that they all eat from, you know, starts out like I mean it's it grows more and more and more, and there's no sign that it's ever gonna, you know, it's gonna it's ever gonna shrink except like the pandemic year the the cap went down, but 
you know, the money that's available and, and the, and the fighting that goes on to, um, you know, to, uh, the networks and then streaming, you know, how, you know, they, they, the people who do the streaming, I mean, hell, Joe, I think I'm in year two or three of cutting the cord. So if a guy like me can figure out how to, how to stream and save money. Uh, now those people uh, are involved in, in broadcasting games and stuff. So the money's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. And these guys are going to keep, you know, and they deserve, the players deserve yeah. bigger, bigger chunks of this. So what we're, you know, what we're used to saying money-wise in 2010 or 15 or 20 is not going to be the same as what we're saying money-wise, 25, 30, whatever. So, you know, to me, it's like, you know, I don't get hung up on the money with these guys because obviously you got to fit everything under the cap. But it seems like when teams want to do things, like they find ways to, to make it work. Now, what happens is like what the Vikings have done. You know, Rick Spielman was praised up one side, down the other for about, I don't know, that with the window of opportunity where they had a chance to win and all the things that they did and, and had Rob Brzezinski do to, to kind of, you know, go for it, go for it, go for it. It was like, yeah, they're going for it. You know, yeah. They're making it work. They're geniuses. Well, now that, that they, they got blown out and it didn't, it didn't result in a Super Bowl championship, it's well, you know, we got the new guys and they're making up for all the disastrous moves that were and the, the, the cap atrocities that Spielman and his group made. You know, so how we've moved on to the, you know, the, the rock has rolled to the next person. And, uh, you know, so Quasi is the guy that's, uh, you know, is, is running that show and collaboratively though, Joe, no one makes what no one makes a decision above anyone else out there. Yes. Yeah. And not, no, you know, I, I, I I have to. I do have to laugh because as we're ta- as Quasey's talking about you know, who makes the decisions, what's going to happen whenever you disagree, and he's I don't see any problems. And I've, I've heard that probably going back to when I started this in 1991. There's always a there will always be a problem eventually. Yeah, you know you, you, you're you're right. I I think though what you got to do is in this league of, of exponentially increasing uh, contracts and, and all the money that gambling brings in and what have you but uh you got to win on azure ascending because there's no building to this point and then okay we're there and now we're going to win it because as soon as you get guys a few guys with huge contracts the other guys are getting you know substandard contacts and they're out there grinding and grunting every day right alongside them and making making it work so that uh, justin jefferson can get a big payday uh there's going to be resentment. I mean, you got Devontae Adams leaving the the Packers. You had Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, playing to get big do- uh, new contracts each year, so he will stay with the Packers. So I was threatening to leave. I, I, you better win it as you're as you're going up before these guys get this big payday. Because I think as soon as you start unbalancing the whole roster in that way. I think uh, you're going to have troubles. Maybe I know it's probably obvious. Well, but... I, you know, I, it's all relative. I mean, uh, I don't think uh, like uh, Jesse Davis, the right guard, is going to be resentful if Justin Jefferson gets a huge. I mean, these guys, you know, they they are what they are. You know, it's like, uh, and they are not. They're not exactly scrounging. You know, scrounging by what no, no. So, but uh, but yeah, the, the the format for years has been. Uh, it was even more so like whenever before the rookie rookie scale got came in when you were paying the Matthew stat or like the Sam Bradford's of the world, $50 million before they even stepped foot in the, in the league. 
Um, but yeah, like when Russell Wilson wins a Super Bowl in his rookie contract or goes to another one, I believe still on his rookie contract, uh, you know, Joe Burrow going to a Super Bowl in his rookie contract, you know, that's the, that's, you know, you're, you're playing with house money at that point. All I can say is on my next contract negotiations, I better go past you or else there's going to be trouble around here. Can yeah, you hear me, so, Mike? Yeah. In the background. Huh? So yeah, one dollar more. That's right. Damn right. That's that's what it's all about. Uh, on that note, we'll take a quick break here at Vikings Territory Breakdown, and we'll come back. And Mark's going to tell us some of the stuff he's seen out at uh, camp, but uh, and he's going to talk about this new regime that's coming here and put on a new training camp. And uh, so come on back for that. Okay, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown, which is not sponsored by Mankato Brewery, but should be. Uh, wow. Yeah, how about that? Was that smooth move, Mark? You know, see, see how I did that there. I got you. So you're giving them, you're giving them free advertising. Yep, I do, and they give me free beer. How about that? Uh, we got uh, the Vikings out of training camp. I'm Mark Craig from the Star Tribune's here. He's there sometimes, and then he's. Uh, out cranking out season previews at home, and today's with us. And Mark, you told me that uh, Quasi might have stepped in it a little bit, or not stepped in it, but uh, he made uh, some comments in in a USA Today interview. And uh, quote I got from you was, "You never want to go full Rams when building a team." And I'm just going, "What the heck? Why not?" You know, I think a Super Bowl trophy is pretty nice. What's he talking about, Mark? Should we shut it well, down? If you, find a different well, if you, team to, to yeah. follow. I mean, if you're guaranteed to do it, I mean, the Rams were in it. Uh, they weren't guaranteed. Situ- well, that's what I'm saying. But the Rams were in a, in a, in a unique situation where I believe that, and they proved proved themselves right, as they were a quarterback away. Now, they, they also traded a bunch of first-round picks to get other guys, too. But, um, you know, to me, you know, Order I see what he's, you know, it's kind of funny because it started off with me asking about, you know, how much when you're, you're when you're competitively rebuilding, uh, do you look at the Packers, look at Aaron Rodgers, and how much do you look long term? And he said, well, yeah, you got to look, you know, in your backyard first and all this stuff. And, and then someone else said, well, was is that a reference to your Rams quote in the USA Today? And, um, and he said, yeah, he goes, well, he goes, I'm learning not to say I, I, I need to say less, which, you know, it that hurts you because you're like, oh, this is supposed to be the transparent. They're supposed to be talk, 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 and, and be kind and tell us they're good. These are great questions. And, you know, uh, give us a hug before we, we leave, you know, things like that, Joe, they're supposed to be, you know, give us stuff. Well, uh, he's, you know, he said, uh, you know, I asked him, well, you know, what's the harm? I said, well, you know, you're, so what if someone thinks uh, this about you, whenever, because there was a, a quote about a, the quarterbacks. He had said something, and I believe it was in the USA Today's article, but it was a quote from from before that that they maybe made reference to about um, something to do with the NBA, and you, and you got to like always go all in because there's fewer players, and then and then it was uh, about the quarterback position. You always have to be kind of always throwing the dice, throwing the dice, and someone I think took that as a knock against Kirk. Well, he was talking about in general building a team, you know. And I asked him, what's the harm? And he said, well, what happens? And, and he's, this is, he's right. He goes, you'll be talking to one guy and your quote gets airlifted and used right. over right by someone else. Um, and, and sometimes it's not even by someone who's read the entire article because they may not have access to it. They are seeing it on Twitter that was re, uh, 
republished by someone else or re sent by someone else. And they're just reading that the money quote and they take it and they pick it apart. And this must mean that he hates Kirk cousins and that there's a rift between them. That's what he's saying. And my, and uh, I asked him, I said, well, and he, oh, then he talked about, you know, it gets airlifted, it gets used, it gets dissected, it gets taken out of context, which it does, but there's, that's just the way it is. Uh, and I said, well, what's, what's the harm in that? And he's like, well, that, that is the, the harm in it. And then, but I said, you know, Kirk knows how I feel. And I said something like, well, if Kirk knows how you feel, what's the harm? You know, Kirk, Kirk knows the game as well as anybody else. Uh, and it was just like, he goes, well, he goes, that's what I used to think. And he goes, my wife's kind of made a joke about how his wife, he just got married. Uh, and, uh, and O'Connell actually came in and said, Hey, he dropped the wife like three times in his, uh, in his press conference. Cause they had just gotten married. Um, and said so she, she's like trying to get him to say less. So, um, now the, the Rams, the Rams quote, I, I see what he's saying because it's like, you know, all 32 teams aren't the same, you know? Uh, the Vikings, if the Vikings were to go out and the Browns and the, and probably the Broncos, maybe uh, all these teams that, 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 threw, that just shipped all these number one picks, like, you know, the Dolphins given, I mean, Tyree Kill is a great, great player, but they gave six or five picks, including a first and a second yeah. for a guy that's going to be 29 soon. He's not always going to be Tyree Kill of 24 years old. And man, you, you know, to lose the ability to replenish, talent with first round picks is, uh, is, is harmful. Now the Rams will get away with it because if the Rams were to like be terrible for the next five years, they'll say, Hey, look at our trophy, look at our trophy. Well, you know, I don't think Cleveland, you know, by giving six picks, including three number ones for Deshaun Watson, you know, I don't think that they're going to be holding up a trophy in three years, Yeah, you know, but they might. But to me, that's like, you know, when I see what he's saying, it's like, and he said, well, you should have picked a different way because they, that's a team that just won it. Um, but I see his point is that, you know, if you, you, you got to be got to like build a team, you got to be looking uh, if you get the opportunity, like if you're in the situation like the Rams and you truly believe I mean, the Rams had went to the Super Bowl and they felt that you know, they still had a Super Bowl winning caliber team and they were lacking the quarterback and Von um, Miller. And a receiver one. Yeah, right. They kept yeah. adding stuff. So right, right. I mean, they kept they kept doing this. They kept building, building, building. And that's, um, let's say it's risky. It was done. The Rams did it, but I don't think that you should just look at the Rams and go, okay, I'm gonna just do all the stuff they did. You know. Yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. It, you know, it, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, the Vikings tried it one year with Herschel Walker. We know how that went. Yeah. Uh, down now he's a, a Republican candidate down in Georgia for the Senate, uh, whatever. But uh, uh, it even if you do that, I mean, the, it worked out for the Bucks. They brought in Tom Brady. They didn't have to go very far. They I mean, signed him as a free agent, and, and they won a Super Bowl. So it can happen. But I, I can't see where that's that's the prescription because you still got to get lucky. Things have to fall in place. I mean, the, the Rams looked bad there for, in the third quarter of the season. Like, oh, my God, maybe this isn't going to work. And they, they kind of had to build back up in the final quarter to get back in the playoffs. And then they went on a run. That's what's important, that they're, they're healthy enough and good enough at that point to keep winning ball games. But it's 
it's a gamble if you do something like, especially if you spend all kinds of uh, resources, as you were saying, like draft picks. Because yeah, I, I don't see where the I don't see where this works out for the Dolphins in any form or fashion down there with Tyreek Hill. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of ways to build a team, and um, you know, how do you like? How do you like? You see a lot of different. You see a lot of different. All right, you go, go, Joe. I'm Go sorry. I, how do you how do you f- like how Kwesi's doing it? Then I mean, you can say one I'm, thing, and his wife can get mad. But <laughs> I mean, well, I mean that's gonna that's gonna come out in the wash here. That's you know, I mean, we don't, you know, like we've said, we talked about what they did on draft day. I I, I don't think they got enough for going down. But yeah. if the receiver that Detroit got is a, uh, you know. No good, and the receipt and the safety they got is all pro, and you know there's no Hall of Famer in between those guys, and you know then yeah, Quasi wins. For what um, it's worth, uh, Andrew Booth is on the field, and uh, uh, some of the guys they traded for are not, or the the receivers that those guys went up and grabbed are are up, but that's and right, and uh, Andrew Booth. You know, I I said I said <clears throat> Andrew Booth is gonna. I think he's gonna be a he's gonna be. A, the second starter. I mean, I think he's good enough that he's going to second starter. Um, you know, because they they you know they got this the slot guy from Green Bay, uh, Sullivan, and uh, you know, Peterson. I think is obviously going to start. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, if they come out of like with two starters in the secondary and and the defense is playing really well, and you know, all that stuff goes away. But you know, just looking at it as as you move through the process. I didn't think that what they did on draft day was – I think they got over-anxious and didn't get enough in return. So how, but, long do they, how long do they have for this this draft to work out for them? Do they have a three-year window? Or they it better show some improvement this year or else you're going to hear a lot of – more than just Quasi's wife crabbing at what he's saying? Well, yeah. I mean, I think you need some time for a draft to, to produce. But, uh, I, you know, seeing – should start this year about if scene if scene doesn't start, you know, that's, that's an early ding, but I, I, he's going to start. I mean, he's good enough. That's a position of need. He's good enough. Um, You know, if he stays healthy, that's two Joe, Uh, he'll start. And I think Booth starts so that, and then Ingram, I don't think starts now, but I don't think he's a, he's a throwaway uh, guy that some of the ones were, Rick Spielman's probably his biggest weakness was, you know, those offensive linemen that he picked um, maybe outside the, the first round, although O'Neal was a second-round pick. It's kind of funny that Spielman spent so many years trying to build the offensive line, and the, the group he did turn over to the next group, you know, came in, and the first thing they said was, I love your tackles, because they have two tackles that, that, that they don't have to replace. So uh, Spielman did that, you know, for right. them. Took, took, a, a took, a long, took a long time, and there was a lot of mid-round, uh, mid to late-round guards and stuff that uh, you know didn't pan out. And certainly, uh, Bradbury does not look like a, a first-round pick at this point. Let's put it that way. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. And it's you know, I think it's a big year for them as well as have I said it all along here that it's a big year for Kirk Cousins because all all pieces are in place, but. Uh, um, it's, it's a big year for Quasi to see to see uh, if his if there's methods to his madness. But going to the other part of the new regime, Kevin O'Connell's uh, running his first camp as a head coach, and 
we have talked all along. We've had fun with uh, the kumbaya nature, and everybody's happy and fun loving. And but, Mark, you you, you told me you sent me a note that uh, they they're only going to hit on eleven of sixteen allowed practices in which you can hit this year. And 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 you know, I'm torn on that idea because you know, I think you do got to do some hitting just to be to get your body in shape for, for the rigors of the NFL. Um, but you don't want to hit so much that you're, you're, you got a body count of injuries, you know, uh, in training camp. So wh- what do you think of that? I know you're just as old school as I am on certain respects, you know, uh, but uh, um, what do you think of that? Uh, the new, the new uh, camp, what are you seeing out there and what's uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, they, right now they're just, uh, it's just, there's no pads. There's no pads till I think Monday. Um, you know, I think it's a trade-off. I, I think the players like it. You know, obviously the players like it. Um, there was, you know, 2000. There were there was basically no training camp and no preseason, and uh, the training camp was very short and everything. Um, to where you know the league went on. So it's like, and I remember Adam Thielen saying, "Hey, I could play another 10 years if we could just do it like this," you know. And, <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, where the trade-off will be with this guy is he's, he's given him a bone with the only 11 padded practices, but he sounded pretty sincere when he said, you know, when we're in pads, when we, when we go, we got to go. So that means that I think maybe by giving them a few days to where they're, Hey, we're, you know, we're going to keep you out of pads these five days, but these 11 days, it doesn't sound like anything with, you know, if you're from the less steckle era, you know, we're going to hit for 11 days, you know, doesn't sound like much, but I feel like the, maybe there's an there's that will in, encourage the players to have like an, an extra level of energy during those 11 practices. Now, you know, no teams, no teams tackle anymore. I haven't tackled in years. Yeah. Uh, I can remember watching tackling drills in the, in the eighties. Ma- meaning bring them to the ground as a right. They'll right. Still I mean, they, grab. yeah, they hit, they hit, but, you know, like uh, nobody hit Adrian Peterson. It was like right. when Adrian would come through the line looking for someone to hit. It was, you know, it was you know, Jamarcus Sanford, ole, 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 you know. Um, so, you know, the and that's, that's – you don't want that. You don't want Dalvin Cook playing in the preseason. You don't want Dalvin Cook getting hit in practice. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's old school, but then there's common sense. And um, these guys don't need to get in shape here. Uh, this is the way the NFL is now. Um, so it, it contributes, I think, to some of the sloppiness and the penalties that you see in the NFL. But yeah. to go back and, and to add even more wear and tear on these guys in, in the summer is not the way to go either. So I think, you know, I think it'll be, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing like how those 11 padded practices do work, whether you could see maybe a little bit of heightened uh, energy level that maybe you didn't see in Zimmer Zimmer's practices when mm. – there were more hitting. There was more hitting. You know, I I, I, I agree with you, but I think there's uh, uh, I think there are certain positions that probably need this hitting, or at least an uptick of aggressiveness out there. And I think it's the passing game. I don't think you need to run a Dalvin Cook through the line over and over and over and get him pummeled by somebody behind. You know, the defense certainly needs to get their bodies ready to tackle on some occasions. But I think it's the passing game. 
I, I, I think Justin Jefferson's got to go out there and run those patterns and then know that he's going to get hit. If he knows if he gets to run all his patterns and know that he's not going to get hit constantly, there's going to be a leap when game time comes and you, you got to step up because I think it's a different ball game when, when you know, someone's coming to hit you and uh, you know, you can get those short arms or whatever. I, I think, I think it's important for that. position. Oh, you disagree. Well, you're not going to see that. No, no. I, you know, I guess I'm less old school than you. I, you know, I don't want to see Justin Jefferson getting hit. Uh, you know, the, the league's done a pretty good job in taking away the, I mean, guys go over the middle now that uh, if if they were to like be reborn and they and go across the middle in the seventies and eighties and even the early, in the nineties, early nineties, whatever, dead. they would you know they would rethink going over the middle. And um, I think guys, you know, unless unless there's a player, you know, there's always the possibility of a, of a player just saying, "Heck with, it, I'll take my fine or my suspension," or um, their reaction's not quick enough to get out of the way. They just go ahead and plow a guy. You don't see that too much anymore. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the offense where, where you do see the contact that's I think is necessary is the offense and defensive lines and the pass rush. And uh, granted, the pass rush has got to stop. They can't go all right. out and, and touch the you know, can't even touch the quarterback. But I think the pass protection, the pass rush um, is, is is the area where you still obviously see a lot of contact. And, I, I'm not necessarily advocating to have have him take uh, Jefferson to the ground because that, that he's he's not a big guy to begin with, and I, I don't want him to get injured. I want him to stay healthy all year, so I'll mark that one down. Uh, um, but I I like him to to really have to get you know taken at the line by a defender and and you know just just some really press coverage that's going to you know test him and, and and make him you know hone his skills as a uh, route runner, which is already great. But I mean, you, you got to see that you got to feel that you got to have that. You can't just run out in space and, you know, throw me in paw. Then well, run, you know. Yeah. I mean, they do that. I mean, there is a, there is a delay before you can do press even, even that there's a delay, like uh, so many days where you can't uh, like do press coverage, um, which that was always one of Zimmer's problems. It's like, come on, the, the like the contact is we're taking it to the extreme where, where a corner or a safety can't come up and, and, and jam a receiver. So you do, you do see that after a, a certain number of days or practices or whatever. Uh, we'll see. It'll, it'll start happening. Mark will, in the coming weeks will tell us what's going on out there. We'll, we'll take a quick break here now on Vikings territory breakdown. We'll be back with some of the, the news headlines that some random uh, or the uh, camp, training camp news roundup and uh, fire some questions at Mark and see what else happened out there in this first week of camp. Come on back. All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, Mark was out of camp. Um, he's uh, bringing us the inside scoop from out there. And, Mark, there's, there's, you know, there wasn't anything major. There's just, you know, a few news items that you're always going to get. And um, uh, the one thing that uh, you noted, uh, well, you know, many, actually many people did notice online was uh, that Irv Smith is full go, so they say. And, I noticed that he was wearing a shirt that said block, release, catch, and spike. And I'm a catch and release guy myself, but, you know, may, maybe it's he's different. But uh, uh, I like I like seeing that attitude where he's, he knows he's got to do some blocking because he's the new – he's the he's going to be on the tight end and, in, in, you know, from the starting tight end. So he's going to have to do some protection and some 
and some uh, line blocking as well. And, and uh, so what did you see from Irv and uh, what do you think? Is he ready to go? Yeah. I mean, he looks good. I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, it's very early, obviously first day and there's no, they're not in pads or anything, but the fact that, you know, he missed all of last season, put a lot of work into the, into the off season as well. Um, you know, it tells me that you know, for him to not even start on PUP is, is a good sign. And um, I believe they obviously that this is kind of the new regime in, a, in, a, in all senses. And that includes um, their training staff as well. I think they're more cautious, probably more player friendly training staff as well, as far as, you know, you're not going to force the guy out there. Um, so, yeah, he, he looks good. I mean, he looks he looks like he can be that. You know, when you when you look at the weapons that they have, and you know he's kind of that he's that weapon that you're like, okay, this time last year people were getting pretty excited about him, yep. and then he kind of out of sight, out of mind. Uh, and Tyler Conklin had a you know a good enough year to where they couldn't afford to bring him back, and so if Tyler Conklin can do that, uh, which I always thought he was an underrated player, but he's uh, I would say you know Irv Smith is a more skilled player than Tyler, uh, and so you know. He can have a he can have a better year than that. So yeah, I, I think people have a, you know should get excited about uh, about Irv. It's uh, be really interesting to watch him in this offense. I mean, he is kind of an under the radar guy because, like you said, not a side out of mind. But um, I think he's really an integral part to this team this year. I mean, he is like a, a third receiver out there running running up the seam and uh, catching passes. Uh, hope he stays healthy. Um, it's really a huge deal, but, uh, um, do you see, I mean, in the past we've had offensive coordinators or else, you know, yeah, offensive coordinators that really like to use the tight end use, we don't probably know yet what Kevin O'Connell thinks of it, but do you think a, a, a tight end position will be emphasized more this year than it has in the past or. Well, you know, I think they have the ability to be very, very diverse. It's like, if you're looking at them and you're a fantasy player and you're looking at one player, you might not be happy. Even with Jefferson Jefferson, you might like, oh, he should be getting more catches and more yards, more touchdowns. But you got Adam Thielen, and then your Adam Thielen guy, it's like, well, you know, why is why is Irv Smith getting all? You know, but if yeah. you're if you like, yeah. like Irv is a tight end and Irv's not putting up Kelsey type numbers, then you're like, well, why aren't why isn't Irv getting them more? And then if you're running back guys, so you know, if they can keep, you know the ball circulating. And um, that's, that's the one thing about Kirk is if you give him time, he's going to find guys. He's going to, I don't think he's going to lock on to like when he didn't have time, he kind of locked on to Tyler Conklin and um, CJ ham down the field, things like that. That was like, okay, that's, that's his go-to guy, you know? Uh, but if you give him time, I mean, these guys are going to, there's enough talent on that offense for everyone to kind of, to get enough to win now, whether it'll be enough for like all the stat heads to let, you know, only see the game the way PFF tells them to see it or their their stat league or their fantasy league tells them to see it. No, I, but if you're looking at trying to win games then I think they got, got a lot of talent that they could, you know, they could win games with it. I drafted him early last year, but uh, he, he got injured. Luckily I had Mark Andrews from the, from the Baltimore Ravens and he is like their number one receiver in some games, you know, he'll put up insane numbers and you kind of feel like 
that's where Irv could go if all things were were perfect. But uh, you know, there's 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 too much too much firepower in this offense to, for one of these guys to dominate too much. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, Jordan Hicks missed first practice with a non-COVID illness. And the only thing about that, Mark, it's just uh, he was sick or something and missed practice. Just sick, and I think that's your first. On day one, your first glimpse at like, whoa, you know, the depth is not the greatest because Troy Dye comes in. You know, yep. Troy's an overachiever. Troy's, uh, uh, you know, not a bad player, but Troy's probably not the guy you want to see lining up as a starter. Um, you know, at least not yet, I guess. Uh, so, you know, Jordan Hicks is again. Jordan Hicks is the guy. I mean, it's his one day. It's, he's sick, so it's not. It's not making a big deal, yeah. but. Um, yeah, it's just kind of that when you look out there and you see already kind of like one guy missing. It's it's good um, that it wasn't COVID because then you wouldn't have to want, don't want to start off camp like that. Yeah, I don't know what the what the rules are now. Just uh, you don't I don't what the protocols are now. There's nothing in place uh, as far as testing or anything now. So right, um, Amir. It's not for us. Amir Smith, Marset, and KG Osborne are back after being held out this spring. Um, uh, so that that uh, uh, packs that receiver room and and which is a little top heavy with Thielen and Jefferson. But uh, the scramble there, the interesting thing would be to watch the uh, the fight for to make the squad at at that position. So it should should BC Johnson be concerned with those guys back, Mark? Oh, I think so. I mean, BC was uh, the overachiever two years ago, gets hurt, and then KJ steps in as the overachiever of the year and I think was a better player than BC and BC did, did a good job, but uh, yeah. And then you have um, uh, 25 Albert, uh, the receiver. Ah, I got a, got a roster right here, Joe. 25. Look at that prep. Look at that show prep. Come on, man. Uh, Albert Wilson. Joe. Oh yeah. They picked him up. I don't know. He's got some moves. He's, he's, a, he's like a little slot guy. Yeah. Uh, Kind of Didn't an intriguing they draft guy. To... A receiver too. Didn't they draft a receiver? Uh, um... Yes. So I mean, it's it's a there's a lot to pick from and choose from. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, Amir Smart, Smith Marset's not guaranteed of making the team either. Right. So there's a there's a, some good competition there beyond uh, the, the top two three guys. Um, Harrison Smith uh, is apparently a Nicholas Cage fan and he liked uh Aaron Rodgers con air look that he came into camp. Everybody saw it on Twitter. I mean it was just it it's just like, oh God, Aaron, could you love yourself anymore? All I can say is I'm glad I got my hair cut so I don't look like him on this day. But uh he's got some nice uh, blocks going there. So, so yeah you get you get that a lot, Joe, that you look like Aaron Rodgers. You get uh, that's a yeah. problem for you. Is that uh, I don't I don't like to talk about that. Yeah, so I won't. But uh, <laughs> no, I think you're, I think your wife needs to tell you to say less. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, you know, he he is a beauty. I mean, if there was ever a diva, a, a wide receiver diva, and a quarterback's body, it's Aaron Rodgers. Now he's earned it. He he gets to be he gets to be the diva. But uh, uh, I tell you, I I would I would have a hard time pulling for that guy. I'd want him to win my, my, my favorite team, a trophy, but then I would just like, ah, it'd be worse than, well, it's, that's the way some people feel about Kirk. So I guess I shouldn't say anything. Please. If he was, if he was your quarterback and you were 
Yeah, you you'd be he'd be your favorite. You'd have a number little number twelve jersey on, Joe. Come on, and my hair would be really long. Yeah, and you'd be you know. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Well, here's something back on the field. That's just kind of here and there. But uh, uh, Andrew uh, Booth, who has missed time in the past with a, a sports hernia, uh, um, and he was limited this offseason. Uh, he was back on the field, and he's he's declared he's doing good. And you said that he looked pretty darn good in in practice. What you were saying, correct? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, typically when they you see an interception, that's it's like the closest that came to like a lot of contact and everything. It was like a play where um, he comes in and makes a really good interception. Um, but not just that. It's when you, when you look at him, I kind of see a guy that's, you know, I could see him being a starter year one. I could see why they, they really like this guy. I can see why, you know, his injury history, he's had all, a lot of these sports hernias and everything uh, that people were like, yeah, maybe, maybe you don't take him in the first round. So, but you know, if, uh, this is my third and final if if healthy if he stays healthy um that's i could i could, I could see this guy you know you know that's going to give them a better corner you know ironically like zimmer whenever you know zimmer in 2000 the beginning of his downfall was him having to play two uh two rookie corners or that's the top three uh yeah. but you know dantzler and, and the gladney and you know gladney you know was a okay player, but he wasn't. A, didn't strike me as a first round guy. Uh, Dancer started out really good and kind of has regressed ever since. Um, I don't know what he's going to do this year. Even a chance he could be the starter, but I just like Booth. I mean, Dancer. When you look at Dancer, it's like if you know if the football gods created a corner, a modern corner. That's what you, that's what it's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. He's tall, you know, uh, long arms and. Uh, and everything, but he just never got any really got any better. Uh, but let's see if he does this year. But uh, I do, I do like Booth. Um, you know, he stood out. Another another one that stood out, and for you know, obvious reason, uh, Zadarius Smith. Um, there was he had an inside move on at made on Ezra Cleveland. I I go, I told someone I said it's hard to look that bad when you, when you're not in pads, as <laughs> as as Cleveland looked trying getting. Uh, basically faked out by Zadarius on a move that Zadarius made coming inside, then coming back outside. You know, poor. You know, it's almost looked like a uh, like a Three Stooges routine where Cleveland got spun around. Oh and um, so, not that that's a knock on I mean, uh, Cleveland, but because Cleveland has has proven to be a, a good player. But Zadarius, it's an example of if you have that guy. Um, I don't have any left, Joe, but is let's say. Uh, not unhealthy, so he's, so he's no. Go that you're route. Not, no, you're out. Yeah, well, you can do. It. I guess we'll. we'll, well, we'll so so I'm, I'm rewording it, but I'm just saying that that guy can play like that. And Daniel, Daniel looks uh, even better than Daniel has looked before, uh, as far as just the physical part. And so, yeah, those are obviously those are the two guys that make it work. If if you don't have them, it's a whole different ball game. Like the secondary will be so much better with if those two guys are playing. Then if you take them out, then the secondary will get exposed. Any secondary would get exposed if you didn't have those two guys. You know, I, I'm I'm excited about Andrew Booth too. I saw a couple clips on on Twitter the past few days. Where one was the interception you talked about was a diving interception. The other one was, was a pass breakup. Uh, uh, 
he, he was guarding Jefferson and jumped in front of him and broke up a pass, almost picked that one off. And both times he was covering Jefferson. So that's great if he's playing that well with with those guys. He, he made the comment that he's just been trying to be a sponge with Patrick Peterson. So, I mean, that that to me is like the perfect scenario to have have an old guy with, with still something in the tank and Patrick Peterson who's willing to share what he knows with the younger guy, kind of a Terrence Newman type thing, and can bring up somebody maybe with talent. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it, it is so important for this uh, secondary this year to improve, and, and it starts with those guys up front rushing. It, it, I'm, I'm bullish on this defense stepping up and, uh, you know, with a little bit improved offense and all the weapons that you were talking about earlier. I mean – there, there's still some people that are saying that uh, uh, we're all we're all getting all hyped up and thinking they're going to be better um, than last year when when in fact that's that's you know the new regime that's going to be tougher. Well, count me as one of those. I think the Vikings are going to are going to do better than the eight and nine finish they had last year, and they are going to tr- try to make the playoffs. But uh, I, um, I hope this uh, some of those reports like you've been just saying continue because uh i know it's camp and i know it's the first week but uh it's, it's great news so far well and i think i think booth uh you know i don't profess to know him that well but just my instincts of, of being around him a little bit and what i hear is um the attitude is so much the personality can make a huge difference yeah because there, there could be a guy that would come in and look at patrick peterson and say you know i don't need that old man you know, it, so that side of it, it's not, you know, it's, it's not the end all be all, but the, the, uh, the personality that takes that type of uh, approach to, to his craft is very important, especially at that position where there's so much to learn and so much to, to get, you know, the game at the college level is so different than the NFL level when it comes to how these corners are allowed to play. Um, and it's a huge adjustment and be, you know, to have Patrick Peterson there, take advantage of it and, you know, only helps him get on the field sooner. Speaking of Patrick Peterson, he's probably, probably a future hall of famer, I would think, and I hope he has finishes out his nice career here. But, uh, there was another, another, uh, I guess we're going to have to still continue to call him a future hall of famer. If that ever happens, I ask you to put on your, your pro football hall of fame, hat here for a second we had the news Jim Marshall didn't make the cut from the top 25 the senior circuit to the top 12 to the 12 finalists so um some of those names on that list didn't impress me a whole heck of a lot more than Jim Marshall did but then I'm biased so any any thoughts on 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 that mark on that vote well yeah I mean I I feel bad for Jim I I feel bad for guys now because uh especially now, now they've extended to the to the old to the um to the old timers, the guys that have retired more than 25 years ago. I remember Lynn Swan, he might have the record of like 14, 15 times where he was a finalist and every year it was Lynn Swan didn't get in. Um, you know, you see that with a lot of guys and it's almost like it becomes a yearly failure when it shouldn't be, you know, it's like, Oh, he failed to get in again. He failed. Um, to me, I just, I, I, I don't like the fact that, I mean, I know it gets everybody talking and everything and, and it gets everybody looking at the list and all this stuff. But I just think it's unnecessary to have, you know, to put Jim Marshall in the 25 and then only to, you know, have him not make the final 12. Um, I mean, this guy, what he did, his last snap was 
1979. Um, and just to kind of be kind of over, you know, every year, every year. Um, I, I think he's a Hall of Fame worthy. I was disappointed, especially whenever they had the Blue Ribbon Committee for the 100th anniversary of the league. I felt like he was one of those first century guys that, okay, you take care of that, uh, him falling through the cracks and whatever, what have you, you put him in then. When he didn't get in that, then I was a little concerned that he might not get in. And I know when you, you everybody who has a, a, a dog in the race, um, C looks at their guy, and, and I know there's guys on that list yeah. in the final 12 that were, you know, I think there's a five-time All-Pro in there somewhere. Um, you know, so I don't want to, you know, take shot like T.O. I mean, it's one of the most selfish things you'd ever see at, the, at this level was, was T.O. doing what he did, which is clearly a disrespect to the, the guys that got in when he didn't get in. Yeah. He knew, you know, so we have to wait three years, you know, look at Jim Marshall. Uh, you know, there's been guys that have waited 40 years and there's guys that have waited 40 years and died and didn't get in until they were, they, they passed away. Ken Stable uh, didn't, you know, wasn't alive. And yeah. Bob Hayes. Uh, so I don't know. It's uh, feel bad for Jim and his family, but uh, you know, I, I still, Jim's going to be remembered. I mean, Jim, Jim's got a special place in the NFL history, especially yeah. around here. Um, would love to see him get in. Uh, I don't know. I'm not on the senior committee, so I don't know what happens next year, but it's, I, I'm not a big fan of like introducing him as a finalist, presenting that excitement only to chop him, chop him at the knees again. So, yeah, it's a tough deal, but in, in, in lieu of that, we're, we're, uh, we're on to the season where hopefully some new Vikings hall of famers will be sprouting from but uh that that time will tell on that anyway that that'll wrap it up for vikings territory breakdown this week thanks to mark craig thanks to mike walden behind the scenes thanks to folks for tuning in uh we'll be back next week um with uh you know more insight from from mark out at from out of tco with some more what's going on i'm sure there'll be plenty of things to talk about as as things get further and hope mark is is not uh so bored by the non non hitting that he's he he's uh, gonna pay attention and get those scoops. There we go. Us. But uh, thanks everybody and thanks to our old buddy Joe Johnson. Skull. <laughs>